Good morning, everybody. This is Zachary Kameen, the Curious Christian, and I am getting ready to start heading off to work. And I personally ride my bike to work um, probably until it gets too bad outside to ride my bike, which I mean, I'm not really sure when I would consider it to be too bad. I guess once the roads are absolutely iced over that even cars shouldn't be driving, then I'll stop riding my bike. But alas, here I am. Hey, look, some ice. Uh, but the reason why I figured I would do this podcast from the road is because if I don't do it from the road, when will I do it? Because I haven't done an episode in a couple weeks now. Uh, certainly not since the election, which has been kind of crazy. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. Uh, I've been chit-chatting with some people at work about the election and their thoughts on the matter. And man, trying to figure out, you know, have some soul searching on the results of what's going down. And trying to figure out what we're going to do with this podcast because a lot of it was to deal with what I kind of getting everybody ready for the election, but now that the election's over, what do I do? Because, I mean, I'm not as smart as some people who have like a two-year plan of getting ready for the next election. Um, kind of want to do things in stride. Uh, and so I figured that this podcast could be a recap on my days or the day, you know, after I've processed it since I get home from work, uh, talk about the previous day, and when I can, do some interviews with people, possibly from work, uh, around. Uh, Lord willing, and if you guys would pray for me for this, uh, I've been working for a company called Apiary Fund, where I manage money for them and so I've been really enjoying doing that and if you guys could simply pray for me that you know I keep my mind focused at the task at hand when it comes to a Perry fund because you know I've got family to take care of I've got a wife to take care of I've got kids to take care of and I'd love to do that and I'd also love to be able to have uh, the ability to start interviewing uh, my own local uh, magistrate, my you know my mayor, my city council. Uh, I live here in Flat Rock, Michigan. Uh, to be able to give the content to uh, the people here in Flat Rock uh, for you guys for whenever you guys start listening. Uh, which would be great, uh, but I need time and I need money to do stuff like that because I, I need to take care of my families. And I'd like to keep this co- podcast absolutely free 
free of any expenses whatsoever on your guys' part. Or not free of expenses, but I'd like to be able to do such things without having to put a burden on you guys because I just want to be able to enjoy this and do it whenever I want. <sighs> that being all said, uh, please pray for me with apiary funds so that uh, I can do such things. You know, I can work from home. My wife wants to... Uh, she's a cardiovascular stenographer, but since we've had our babies, she's been a stay-at-home mom. And she really wants to go back to... She wants to do that. And so if I can work from home, that'll allow her to do what she loves and I'll be able to raise my girls up in the way that they should go more and more so yeah kind of got some traffic going past me right now so that's going to make a little bit of distortion but that's alright huh <sighs> I do love riding my bike, guys. Uh, my wife, me and her were talking about it, and she was saying, you know, why do you ride your bike? Why don't you, you know, get somebody from work to drive you or, like, carpool with them? Or maybe we can get another vehicle. I'll tell you guys, you know, this 45 minutes to an hour that I get every single morning to just ride my bike, and just either listen to music, listen to a book, listen to scripture, or just not listen to anything, or now option of doing this podcast. Uh, why would I want to take that away? You know, this is uh, something that you know I praise God for technology that it's such a way that I can do this, you know, beforehand, you know, not even 20 years ago, my mom wouldn't have been able to do something like this. I guess she could have like had a, you know, a tape recorder, right? I'm thinking back to like old school, like reporters shoving a tape mic in front of a politician to ask them questions and whatnot which is, I guess you could do that. Like one of those tape voicemail things. But no, I can ride my bike, put some headphones in, use that little mic that has more quality sound and pickup than a 1960s mic ever did. And and you know dirt cheap when back in the 60s it would cost like 150 bucks which is a ton of money in today's money i mean shoot 150 bucks is a lot of money for uh today but 150 bucks today would get you know a huge a hugely higher value product than back in the 60s because they were still creating and developing this technology. 
and that was something that I was talking to some people at work about was how amazing capitalism, I don't want to say capitalism, but free market uh, societies have created a quality of product at an inexpensive rate. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you think back to the PS3, the PS3 cost $1,000 when it first came out. Right, about 15 years ago or so. You know, maybe a little bit less. Uh, now, a PS4 coming out, better technology, but it costs less. It costs a fraction of the cost for a decade's better technology, a decade's more technology into it. Well, why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. The reason behind it is because, at least from what I understand, is because there are more companies that develop these technologies who then Sony can barter with, they can negotiate with. They're like, oh, you can do this, okay, how much? Oh, you can do this, okay, well, for how much? You know, about 15 years ago, there wasn't a, as many game development companies that would do this. And so I praise God for, uh, you know, I've got a friend who is a professional game developer, professional game designer. Um, I have friends who are uh, techies and they, uh, and they work in robotics. And they say that the field has exploded and don't get, and just speak, scratch that. And because of, of the expansion of the gaming world, the gaming system world, the uh, price of, uh, the price of the systems has gone down, but the quality has gone up. Now the price of the games have gone slightly up, but you know, have you ever played a game like, uh, well shoot, any game, the, the Mortal Kombat series games, you play the, uh, you know, the Sega games, and then, you know, those cost like 20, 25 bucks a piece when they first came out. Let me ask you, are the games today more than twice as good as they were 25 years ago. If you say yes, then it's worth it. In fact, it's more than worth it if you consider inflation, which baffles me when it comes to, you know, the quality of game system has gone up with like the PS4 versus the first PlayStation but it far surpasses the quantity of money. And the question is, why is that? Well, because one, there are more companies making these 
products who can then negotiate with uh, the buyer. It's simple, you know, it, uh, it's one, a supply and demand idea, but it's also a, I have $400 as a, a gamer, right? You have a PS4. I don't want to spend $400 for a PS4, but I will spend $400 for a PS4 and a Black Ops 3. See how that works? Now let's take this to the cell phone realm, which has gone light years ahead. I, I heard somebody say, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's certainly close to being true, that there's more technology in the average in the average smartphone than there is or that there was to land the Apollo 13 on the moon. Can you imagine that? You know, more technology. So in other words, your cell phone has the potential to land a rocket with a team of people onto the moon. Now obviously that's an exaggeration, but that's far less an exaggeration than let's say the, the 90s Motorola right <laughs> uh, even if it's not true that there that there's more technology in it it's certainly a lot closer for the regular common man to do such things well, why is that well consider this there are more companies today making cell phones who are making technologies for cell phones that are making softwares for cell phones that are making hardwares for cell phones than there was 10 years ago which is why you can buy an LG phone an Android phone for The fract a fraction of the price today than it would have cost the first iPhone back in the early 2000s with the with a higher technology. So can you know think about that? A small a small cell phone company is offering you a better technology than the i or Apple did 10 years ago at a lower price than Apple did 10 years ago. Which is usually why I buy those cheap smartphones. We call them cheap smartphones. I say that they are, you know, they're really good smartphones, just, you know, 10 years behind. <laughs> but it's all, because of that, it's also brought the price of iPhones down today. Because today, a consumer like myself, they have $200 and they want to buy a cell phone. 
And they also want to buy a case. And they want to buy a microphone. So, Apple has to convince me that they want my $200 more than me. That they say, they say, hey Zachary, you have $200. We want your $200. So, we will create a product so that we can get your $200. And I say, okay, how much is this iPhone? Oh, it's $700. Well, I only have $200. Well, you can do a payment plan. Okay, well, let's see how good your iPhone is. All right, all right. Your iPhone's good, but the question I have to ask myself is not, is the iPhone good? That's an obvious answer. Is the iPhone the best? Probably, I have no, I will not debate the quality of the iPhone, any iPhone whatsoever, even the, you know, even the iPhone 1. Right, I will not debate the quality of an iPhone. I have to ask myself, not, is the iPhone good? I have to ask myself, is the iPhone $700 good? And depending on my answer, will depend on whether or not iPhone, you know, Apple gets my phone or not. To this day, I do not consider uh, iPhones being $700 good. So, I have my LG something or other, you know, one of the bajillion uh, LG phones that are out. I don't even know which one it is, but it works just fine for me. It works well enough that you can listen to this podcast and tune me out or whatever. You know, I'm, I am assuming that you are driving down, going to work, just as I am. Uh, but I assume you are in a nice heated car. You may even be one of the cars that are driving past me right now. And that's a wonderful idea. And that moves me on to another point. Vehiculars. Oh, how I love vehiculars. You know, I love, I inspect cars for a living. So I tell you, I love cars. I just, I just love everything about cars. I used to not really care about cars. But now that I inspect cars, there are cars that I really like. And I would love to have them. I would love me, like, I would love me a uh, a Jeep Wrangler or a Jeep Grand Cherokee because I've got too many kids. <laughs> By too many, I may have three, and I'd love to have more. But more is way too many for my wife, so we'll stick with three, and I'll love them to death. You know, I I love me some Fords. I love me some uh, Ford pickup trucks. Why? Well, I inspect them. Well, it's, so again, it's not, but again, it's not a matter of do I like a Ford F-150 or a Jeep Wrangler, or do I think that the Jeep Grand Cherokee is a good vehicle? 
uh, statistics show, especially with the Jeeps, and extra specifically, or supra specifically, the Jeep Grand Cherokee, that it is an amazing car. It's one of the, it is the best SUV on the market. Okay. So I am not debating on whether a Jeep Grand Cherokee is a good vehicle. It is good. It's just not $60,000 good or even $20,000 good or for my budget, it's not even $10,000 good. I cannot afford any of those prices. I make less than 30,000 a year. I do not shy away from that. So I will not buy a car <laughs> that costs more than my house. I bought a trailer that I do love very much. Why did I buy a trailer, you may ask, and not a single family home? Like my brother would ask because he sells mortgages for single family homes. I would say, you know, those single family homes are good, but they aren't $150,000 good. My trailer, my modular home, my manufactured home, whatever you want to call it, is good and it is $40,000 good. It is well worth the $40,000. It was appraised for $70,000, I got it for $40,000. It is $40,000 good. You buy a house, if it's appraised for $150,000, you are buying it for $150,000. <laughs> There's no wiggle room on that. There's no negotiations really about that. So that's how, that is how the free market works, my friends. I get a better quality home for, or at least a slightly less quality home and if anybody, anybody who's come to my house knows that my house is not, is not low quality by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it may be a slightly lower quality than a $150,000 home, but it is certainly not a third of the quality of a $150,000 home. It is most definitely not one-fifth the quality of a $150 home. So, simple math says, my house is good and it is $40,000 good. My phone is good and it is $150 good. So I get it. I remember Warren Buffett often talking about, and he still talks about, and he's not dead, so I can still say, you know, he says it. You know, Microsoft, you know, when he, when Bill Gates was trying to get uh, Warren Buffett to buy stock in Microsoft, Warren Buffett would tell him, you know, basically, Microsoft is good, but it's not a thousand dollar a share good, or it's not, shoot, back in the day, it's not $100 a share good. You know, so, you know, keep that in perspective. You know, 
an Amazon stock may be good, but it's most definitely not uh, $1,000 a share good. You can ask Warren Buffett. Apparently, according to Warren Buffett, though, uh, Apple is both good and worth the price because now uh, his company, his uh, company out in Oklahoma, it has bought stocks in it. So it's worth it now to him. So, but you know, it's that mindset. I don't have to buy a house for $200,000 or whatever, unless it's worth it, right? And if I can, so I tell you, there's a, there's a family at my church who's bought a lake, a lake waterfront property home right off of Lake Erie that was foreclosed on for about five years so they got it like a dime a dollar but it was run down right so they had to, they definitely had to fix it up they had to replace a lot of stuff <clears throat> and i don't know how much they paid for it but the attitude that the uh the man of the house said was that you know it was this much at my budget was you know, this much, I won't say how much for the sake of 10th Amendment breaking this. Uh, I told him not to tell me, but he said I had a budget. You know, I will buy a house for this much. And he said this house was well within that budget, which meant that I got to use the rest of the money in that budget to fix the house up. <clears throat> that house is stinking huge okay the first floor alone would engulf my house my house is about two thousand dollars or two thousand square feet this house is far past that it has a story above it it has a garage it again has a dock because it's off the lake it was well worth whatever they paid. It was worth it. So keep that in perspective, y'all. Uh, there are people who live in New York. Uh, there's some missionaries out in New York that uh, I got the honor and the privilege of speaking with uh, the gentleman, the man of, the, uh, of his household. Um, both him and his wife and family are mission. It's a missionary family, and they spend so much more on anything in New York than they do here in Michigan. So when they came here, he offered to buy me lunch, and he said, "Don't worry, you can get me back in New York." And I held back, saying, "Man, you better buy me like three more lunches." And I didn't say it, but as soon as he, uh, as soon as he got the, uh, the bill, he actually asked the waitress, are you sure this is right? Did you forget something? And she was like, no, that's correct. 
you know, here we got, then we got two cheeseburgers, two fries, and two Cokes. No, scratch that, four burgers, because we got two burgers a piece, a fry a piece, and a Coke in each. It was less than 10 bucks. You know, can you fathom that in New York? You'd be asking how much rat is in this burger, you know, how much stray cat is in this burger. But nah, there's some Angus steak beef right there. Some high quality uh, bacon and really good buns and whatnot. So why is it that that price? Well, because you wouldn't catch a Michigander dead to spend more than 10 bucks on a burger. <laughs> Unless you go to Wahlburger, which is ridiculous. We, <laughs> in the armory, uh, I'm in the National Guard and in the armory, we went, um, several of us, to Wahlburger. And we were so mad. Okay, a burger there, just a burger is like 12 bucks. And it does not come with fries. <laughs> we were so mad. Uh, one, of, one of the sergeants was like, you know, you don't go to a burger joint to get a burger a la carte, right? You, <laughs> you expect, you expect fries. Right? If, I, if I want to spend $12 for a burger, I would go to Red Robin, right? Because it's, it's that mindset. It's that mindset of, you know, I will not spend $12 on a burger, but I will spend $12 on a burger and fries. Right? That, that's the mindset here in Michigan, right? And I, I won't lie, I was excited at first when Wahlburgers came out. I was like, oh, that's awesome, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm kind of disappointed because I'm thinking to myself, you know, does this mean that Michigan's no longer, you know, are they just settling? And man, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, my, at the very least, I sure hope not. Uh, but we, we shall see, we'll see how that flushes out. I'm hoping that this video, or this podcast will uh, uh, catch the interest of some peoples and you understand this. Now, the important thing, this is something that I was thinking about talking to some coworkers about, and I want to know what you guys think about it. So, I made the point, you know, you've got, I won't buy a, I won't spend $400 on a PS4, but I'll spend it on a Black Ops 4 and a PS4 or whatever. I won't spend $12 for a burger, but I will on a burger and fries. I won't spend, you know, on and on the list goes. So, let's move on to medical care. With medical care, what get, puts it in our flipping minds that all of a sudden, it's worth it to have to spend $2,000 on delivering a baby. Or uh, it costs $40,000 or $100,000 to get cancer out of you. Or $10,000 or dollars for a, for a knee surgery. We should be like, no. 
know, that, that chemotherapy may be good, that radiation therapy may be good, but it's not a hundred grand good. Right. It's, it's not a hundred grand good. It, it takes me three years, no, four years to make a hundred grand. You're telling me that if I do this chemotherapy, I might get 10 years. It is, the math don't subtract uh, in when it comes to that. Uh, but, you know, I may say, you know, it's not worth $100,000, but it may be worth $100,000 if the doctors come to me, and I don't have to go to the hospital getting more sick because I gotta walk through all the germs, or the doctors willing to come to my house, that might be worth a hundred grand. Right? You, you upsell it. No. Instead, we have a culture where, oh, you want extra meat? Oh, that'll be, you know, two extra dollars with my sub. Oh, you want a doctor's visit? Or oh, that'll be an extra 50 grand. No, no, that's not how capitalism works. That's not how a free market works. I'm the customer. I get to negotiate. You shut your mouth. You know, uh, I'm the one with the 100 grand. You're the one who wants my 100 grand. Now let's talk. And we've got it in our heads that that's not how it works. So we say, you know, that's how it works in buying a house. That is how it works in getting a job. That is how it works when buying a burger with the fries and getting a video game. But all of a sudden, it's not how it works when you know you want to get heart surgery. No, that is exactly how it works. You know, you may be the you may be the best heart surgeon in the absolute freaking world. But if you are three times, you know, you may have a hundred percent success rate. But if you are three times more than the guy who has a ninety-five percent success rate, I tell you what. You may be good, but you're not a million dollars good. And that needs to be the attitude, that needs to come back to that attitude. That the cost of living is way too high is what I'm trying to tell you folks. We need to get back to reality. Enough of this ideology BS. And get back to reality and realize everything is up to negotiation. Everything is up to negotiation. You know, I, one of my favorite theologians, uh, John Calvin, you could argue was a kind of, a kind of social justice warrior in that he did see, you know, the people should be taxed, the people that money should go to making sure 
then nobody's homeless, everybody's taken care of, everybody gets health care, blah, blah, blah. And you even see that in countries that are extremely Calvinistic, where they look at John Calvin's, you know, social welfare system, and they're like, yeah, there we go, I love Calvinism. But they ignore his social law, his strict law towards, you know, he just, he, he, uh, he argues for the social welfare from scripture. But he goes on and says, if you want the social welfare, you get the social, if you want uh, theocratic welfare, then you're going to get theocratic justice. Is it worth it? You know, you have to count, do not be indifferent to the cost, y'all. Is it worth it? You know, uh, social, or theocratic welfare may be worth it, or may be good, and I'd say it's good, but is it theocratic justice good? Which means Muslim leaders are stoned to death, uh, Christian heresies are persecuted and driven underground. Uh, Christ, you know, so <laughs> do you, if you want a Christendom welfare, and you want to point to scripture and say, you know, look at where scripture says you take care of the needy, take care of the or widows and orphans, take care of those who can't help themselves. Like, okay, I am all for that. I am also all for if somebody claims to be a prophet and bears a false prophecy, the local magistrate should have the authority to invoke the death penalty. So I ask you again, do you still think it's worth it? Oh, you who are in churches on your bully pulpits calling capitalists to repentance and to take upon a social welfare in the name of the Bible. Is it still worth it? Is social welfare good or is in the name of social justice? You can't have it both ways. You can't have social welfare but theocratic justice and you can't have theocratic welfare and social justice. Well, I am finally at work, y'all. Consider that. I want you guys to be mindful of all of these things. And as my pastor has said, do not be indifferent to the cost. God bless you guys. I'm Zachary Kameen, the Curious Christian, and these are Curious Conversations.